Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Kirsten White. I'm Dana Pickley. I'm Adam Sass. I'm Zachary Patton Garcia. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. Hello! We have the band back together. Uh, I am so excited to have all of you here to talk Becoming Part 2. You know, Adam, I feel like, what what is it you keep calling Becoming? <laughs> oh, it's the Fritz Bernays of, yeah. um, of episodes. So yeah, it's... Um, bridesmaids reference for everyone in the room it's, <laughs> yeah. it's um it's where they're just like you like it's just it's the one to do it's the one to like like it's one of those things where like i am so busy i can barely see um <laughs> but you said we were doing this episode and i was like well i can't say no like this like the power of this episode got me back i will say i have never had everyone be so agreeable so fast for this <laughs> yeah. like all of you were like yeah i want to do that yes absolutely want to do that <laughs> Yeah, um, Adam, same. I was even like, I'm just going to phone this one in. I'm not going to take notes. I'm just going to be chill. I have four pages of notes. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like this is like universally, like I, I can't imagine someone watching this being like, this isn't good, right? Like, Well, we said this in the last, in, in part one, but um, this could have been a film. Like if we had done the X-Files mm-hmm. fight the future version of this, where it was like, oh, we ended on a cliffhanger of Buffy season two. And then it was like, go to the theaters for Becoming. That yeah. 100% would have been valid and been a superior experience. Yeah. Well, that's if true. Buffy knows how to do one thing, it's a, a, a season finale episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dana, that's funny. I think it was Ryan ended the last recording by saying, like, Buffy always delivered a season on a season finale. <laughs> yep, always. So uh, we we did this for part one. Um, Dana, you go first. Do you remember, did you watch this live or did you watch it? Were you like me and you watched it later? Uh, so I didn't start Buffy until uh, season three. Okay, and then right, I went right. back and watched seasons one and two. Uh, so no, I did not watch this live. Do you remember how you felt when you the first time you saw this, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, tour de force performances by everyone involved. Yeah. Uh, just just fantastic storytelling and uh, performances. And it, it just, it's a really impressive finale um, for a young show. Because, I mean, Buffy's yes. only two years old at this point. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, Kirsten, how did, you, how did you feel about this when you first watched it? I honestly don't remember. Um, I probably <laughs> watched it live or close to live. That was back in the day when you had to like rush home from your Spanish yeah. cost field trip to the one Mexican restaurant in Utah County. And um, <laughs> right. hope you get there in time. Otherwise, you're literally never going to see it again. Um, but that I was think- me with band candy. Um, my mom was supposed to record it and I was, I was, I think I was literally on a band trip and I came back from the band trip that I did not want to be. I did. I was like, that was the last place on earth I wanted to be. And I came back and she was like, Oh, something, something happened with the recording. We have to, you have to like, just catch the rerun. And I was like, they don't do that. They were, I don't know when that's going to happen. I absolutely had a moment with my mom. Just stream it. Just stream it. Right. She's like, yeah, just, just travel to the future. Um, and stream it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point we were watching it. Like, our whole family was watching it. My mom was into it. She didn't make us stop watching it until season four when it was <laughs> too sexy and too gay. Um, in her defense, <laughs> she is now one of the leading LGBTQ therapists in all of Utah. So, people change. Aww, mom. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I would have been watching this when it aired. And I still remember Spike's police car speech like that that is one of the things that has stuck with me through all of these decades like yeah so good yeah and this is i think this is the hottest this for some reason 
And please take this with a grain of salt, lesbian here. <laughs> this is the hottest I think Spike ever looked. Is Correct. in my notes. I have it in yeah. my notes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> when he is by the police car, the way they lit him, there was, mm-hmm. it did something to me. I don't know what it was, but I like paused it. I got closer. I just had to look at him for a second. Zach, do you think you're gay? I don't know. I, 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 I might be gay. <laughs> this is Zach's coming out episode. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, so I said this in part one, but I'll say it again, because this is literally the, it's so weird to think this was the first episode I ever saw. Like, but I only saw literally the, I walked into the kitchen, my mom is sobbing, and I'm watching Sarah Michelle Gellar stab someone. And I'm like, huh. This is some good acting. I had no context. I wasn't sad because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But it was literally like the first time I ever watched Buffy. And it's such a weird thing to be your first scene you ever Mm -hmm. see. (laughs) But that was what got me into it. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to watch this. And your descent began that day. Mm -hmm. I know, really. (laughs) (laughs) Like the curse. My God. Imagine imagine what your life would be if you didn't devote all your time to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) I was going to say, this was like, what a fortuitous. Like, if your mom hadn't been into it, like, I'm just like. Is this my intervention? (laughs) My parents were like, absolutely. They were like, goofy vampire like they're like <laughs> you're a little old like they had that they had a they had a moment where they started to not just buffy but like all of the different sci-fi fantasy stuff i was into at the time yeah there was a little edge of like are you sure you're it's gonna be a shame when you age out of this someday to say i know yeah like there's like they were really trying to be like are you sure you're not gonna um outgrow this my you know, very rapidly soon please my dad very much was like the that like judgy nerd about it. Like my dad's like favorite movie is Alien, and he would be like, "Oh, that's like a romance show," um, and I'd always be like, "It's so much more." But yeah, no, I this episode. I mean, it just it's so good. Dana, give me your thoughts on both parts. Like the quick summary of how you feel before we dive in. Oh gosh, well, so I haven't watched part one in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do know it's, it's when it, we lose Kendra in that yeah. one and that, that's, that's a blow, man. Yeah. Um, but I, Angela's just pisses me off. Like every time I see Angela's on, on screen, it just makes me angry. Um, and I get it. It's, it's important. It's important to the plot, but like, I don't know, like it just sucks the joy out of uh, episodes when Angelus is around. So, um, I'm really <laughs> glad we don't get to see, we see less of Angelus. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, Kirsten. Yeah. So it was interesting watching them. I watched both back to back today. Um, it's fascinating to me because I feel like episode, like part one to me is a lot weaker. And I think it is because we have that focus on, Angel and his backstory, and I'm I'm sorry, David. I love you. I'm sure you're a really nice guy. Not not your best acting period. <laughs> um, I find it really distracting, especially when Sarah Michelle Gellar comes on and she can deliver the dumbest lines. Yeah, and sell them so well. And so I I even have in my line my notes like I don't care about Angel, but I do care about Buffy, and she plays first love and heartbreak so so well yes and that to me is the strength of of part one but yeah i agree kendra deserved better they did her so dirty yeah um also i love that this is pg-13 horror so she gets her throat slit and there's zero blood yeah it's like one little line of blood yeah she's laying there on the floor pristine (laughs) um anyway but but i do think that the one-two punch of 
episode one being like, we figured this out. And then the, the twist at the end of no, we haven't. And everything yeah. is ruined. Like it's set up so well. It's great writing, phenomenal acting for the most part when they're not doing Irish accents. <laughs> <laughs> well, that did give me really great permission when I was writing Slayer and Chosen, and I messed up any sort of like British or Irish colloquialisms to be like, well, I'm honoring David Boreanaz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, only, the only flashbacks for me that work really well in, in Buffy are the Anya flashbacks. Yes, correct. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them are just like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like when, when Darla says, he says something like, where have you been? And she says, around. You're like, they didn't say that. And I know I mess it up. So, you know what? Kudos, writers. Never. I will it's say, fine. I will say, I, I'm not a huge David Boreanaz fan or Angel fan in general, and I'm still making my way through Angel as we do it for Slayer Fest 98. But I like his acting better as Angelus than, than Angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's definitely having more fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I will say, as the one person, I guess, on the show, um, who like I I can't really separate like the the David Mariana stuff, like because like Angel was like I like that was like an early, early, early crush for me, and like so this was like yeah. Angel was a very important character for me. So thank you, everybody. No, um, <laughs> but, like no, so <laughs> no, but like this is something where like I don't, I you know, like when you have somebody who was kind of like a root for you that you're not really like able to be like right when you're just such a stan, you're like well, I yes. pretend not to notice that she has a private jet. Um, <laughs> like, you know, that sort of thing where you're just, I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure the accent was iffy. I, my brain will not allow me to like admit such a thing. <laughs> that's fair. That, that is fair. The power um, of fandom. <laughs> I, I feel like didn't Ryan, Ryan said something like that in the first, I was like, that's just what he sounds like. I don't know. Um, and he said it was like a credit to the writing, which I do agree with. Like mm-hmm. does help you for, cause it is bad, but like I've seen these so many times that it really, I don't notice that it's bad, but I know that it's bad. If that makes sense. Oh, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't like, I like that's, I mean, here's the thing. I don't, I feel like that's another thing that I wish um, sort of modern media like embraced a little bit more and more. And, you know, I think in, in, in certain sections we do, um, but I think there's a certain type of like online critiquing the, the very like red letter media, honest trailers sort of way of doing things, which is very like realism and goodness mm-hmm. is like more important than anything interesting. And mm-hmm. I think what they're doing is very interesting versus like correct. Yeah. And that matters more to me. I did have this terrible moment where I was like, oh, I wonder if Darla's dress is historically accurate to that time period. And then I was like, <laughs> who cares? She looks amazing. She like, does. Yeah. Who cares? I feel like it's the same thing where we do kind of like, it's like, I guess like with sort of historical dramas, like I, I just don't know, you know, it's yeah. one of those things where like, you know when they when they did like the the Titanic behind the scenes of the movie, like they would be like, "Listen, these these pearls on the dress were from the era," and I was like, "I would have no way of knowing that. Just do the, just do fake pearls. I don't need who cares. You could have saved a hundred thousand dollars." I'm an asshole who needs historical accuracy and, and shit, especially hair. So like mm-hmm. wigs, hair, very important to me. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> you're why you're, you're the, the flattening of culture i think it's only if i if i know that period if i'm familiar with it other than that i don't think i necessarily give a shit i think you, i think you could be in the ballpark like i feel like it's like okay well we're, we're doing enough like the detail work is enough 
but it's like I don't know if we need to go into her dress does anything. look different than like what they're dressed as, right? Or am I remembering it wrong? Like it 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 does I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they got it close enough. It's okay. That's the last well, episode anyway. Technically <laughs> she's cosplaying as a human anyway. That, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So like <laughs> now they're dressed really old in the nineties. They're they're in the nineties and they're dressed like they're from the nineteen tens, you know. In yeah. the seventeen hundreds they're dressed like they're from the I don't know. Everyone having good dental work in these flashbacks is also fake. So we're not really talking about that. <laughs> That's true. I well, I mean, I I to promo my bloody Judy. Uh, Zach and I have been going through Yellow Jackets, and one of the more recent episodes. So, like you know, the flashbacks are set in the '90s. One of the girls says "bestie," uh, and I saw a youth saying that was an what? that was like anachronistic because no one's no one used that term but like people did back then like you but it was well, it just not it used actually ironically. meant it actually meant like best friend then though right yeah like, yeah well i thought we were doing bff back then that's like more I mean, no that's like i feel like both were but like besties was like i don't know because that's why i still like, talk him bff but yeah well, so like, no. this is like we get into this we get into this era and, and this, this sort of came up during um being the ricardos when that was kind of coming out um oh, and right. there i don't know if did anyone see being the ricardos it was um lucy and ricky and it was like the, it's like the fifties. They were doing the show, and she says to Ricky, "Like, don't gaslight me." And it really <laughs> made everyone go, "Hmm, I don't know about that." But then, like a whole bunch of people who can like never admit anything's mm-hmm. wrong were like, "No, no, Gaslight was a movie that came out in nineteen forty four. That was absolutely a term. It absolutely existed." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I just don't like." You don't, it just is one of those things that just, it rings so phony to the ear. And I don't know if they said it in that connotation, you know, I don't know if they're calling everybody girl boss back then, but I think. (laughs) I can guarantee you at the exact age that the yellow jacket girls were like, that would have, we did not, we did not say, um. What was the thing? You, a girl boss. <laughs> girl boss. No, no one said girl boss yet. So I, they, no one said girl boss yet. We said you go, girl. Well, there's, <laughs> no, there's no flashbacks in this episode, right? No, no flashbacks. No. No, we just had Whistler as a narrator, which I thought was a really stupid choice, and I'm grouchy about it. <laughs> um, so, I, so, so I was yelling about the, the Whistler narration at the end of Becoming Part One in the last episode. So I was like, why? I was like, it's this perfect, flawless slow mo. She's gorgeous. Everybody's, it's, the drama is there. And then we have this dweeby narrator. And I'm just, and I, and I, I was suggesting, I think like maybe Angel could have at least done that if we're going to have a little narrator yeah. over that. So it would have been a little bit more sinister. It's just, we've got this sort of zoot suity, goofy, shrimpy guy doing this. I literally wrote in my notes, please send Whistler back to his failed ska band. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dana, Dana, I feel like now that you've been, now that you've watched Angel, you can see where like Doyle was supposed to be Whistler, right? Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. But so the episode opens on uh, Buffy beating up the cops that are trying to arrest her. And I like that she gets to at least like jab at Snyder. Like she's not going to lower herself to like beating him up because she could, but like- what does she call him? Like a stupid troll or something troll. like yeah. that? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, a cop, then a, the female cop tries to shoot her <laughs> yeah. in the back and she's running away. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. That's amazing. We haven't seen cops in this town in two years. How many children <laughs> at that school have passed away? <laughs> the, they're, suspicious. they're here now and they've got a suspect, <laughs> homicide suspect, approximately 16 years old. Suspect is very dangerous. Cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally that same day, 
a strange adult was allowed onto campus and violated <laughs> in the middle of a classroom. Right. <laughs> but it does it does give us uh, a vision of her running in that stunning teal dust. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, so good. Yeah, I love love that coat. I wish I Zach. I think it was you that said it last episode that she should have been fighting Angel in that coat. If I had a Scream Six type shrine, that coat would be in the center. Where is of yeah. the, Cynthia, the light would be around. Does Cynthia have that? Where is that? I don't know. I gotta. I gotta ask. Let's her. find um, it. Let's get it. If that if that's sitting at some out of the closet thrift shop down the street, I know. I'm gonna flip out. <laughs> <laughs> you and Kirsten go to buy it. <laughs> no, it would be a race. We'd tear it in two. It would be an amulet. We'd have to put back together again. <laughs> but so then we get we get post credits. Buffy goes to the hospital to visit her friends. I love her. Don't look at me. Outfit and body language. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's like she lives in Portland. She's basically. she's more like walking like face against the wall. You know. Tio like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, in our Discord server actually dropped a, a video that I'm meaning to watch. I haven't watched it yet. That's like Buffy being bad at like undercover disguises for five minutes and it's like a bunch of clips of oh is it like her in the leopard coat with the big sunglasses yep that's the thumbnail of the of the video (laughs) those mrs peacock sunglasses like oh my god yeah we can't all be a triple threat you know yeah you know that's okay so we find out that like willow is the one that's hurt the most cordelia shows up and then they realize that giles is missing Oh, can I just add, there was such an interesting character detail in those scenes um, with Xander because he's being very protective, right? He's he's in there with Willow. He's waiting with Willow. And Buffy says, did you call Oz? Yeah. And he says, I didn't even think about it. And in this episode, repeatedly, we see Xander prioritizing his relationships with Buffy and Willow above their relationships with anyone else. Mm. And and it's just fascinating to me because it's not um, malicious on his part. He genuinely didn't think, I yeah. should call our friend who is Willow's boyfriend who is desperately in love with her. Like, it didn't cross his mind. And uh, it's, just, it's just such a subtle but a really, really good character detail when it comes to Xander and his relationship with Buffy and Willow and how he prioritizes himself in terms of relationship to them over anybody else. He makes my blood hot <laughs> over stuff like that. I'm like, Kirsten, that is, a, that is a really fucking good point. I hadn't even thought about it in this scene. I uh, know. We're all like silent <laughs> thinking about it now. Um, yeah, no, that is that is really true. And I mean, we that will be... We'll talk about that again at the end. We will talk um, about that again, yes. <laughs> but so we see that the cops are, they go to Joyce, they interview Joyce, Buffy's a suspect. We see that Giles is being kept captive because they think he is useful to finding out how to whatever with a Cathla. Kirsten, I'm I'm curious. I asked Adam this. What do you do you does a Cathla not bother you because it really isn't really the point of it as like a last minute like thing of world ending plot? Like how do you how do you feel about it? Yeah, I you know, a Cathla's it it's not the point, right? The point right, is yeah. Buffy and Angel and Buffy finally being willing to put an end to her own hopes and dreams and love in order to protect everyone because she has been pulling her punches, right? She has been holding back. She has been avoiding killing him and we understand why, but, but the whole setup with a Catholic is to force her hand is to finally bring her to a decision point where she has to make a choice. So like I, I could care less what the, what the, you know, 
mechanism, the plot mechanism is essentially, it doesn't matter. That exists to put all of these other things in motion. And the things that it puts in motion are so good that, yeah, like, doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Dana, as the other published author in this recording, do you (laughs) (laughs) co-sign? Uh, yeah whatever Kristen said that's that's gonna work for me <laughs> yes yes what she said <laughs> um buffy goes to whistler's place or not whistler she goes to giles place and encounters whistler which this is a little what the fuck is he doing there right yeah. he's the most random fucking character I, is what so is random. he doing here and why is he in giles's house they have never spoken yes. he has no key yeah and then she goes back there later and he's still there and it's like yes Whoa. Just so like my favorite him? my favorite thing about their interaction is he's all like cryptic and I know things you don't know and in the end you're always by yourself and she literally walks out on him and closes the door like she doesn't yes, as she she's should. like I don't have time for this and I love that about her that even yeah. she recognizes like who is this random dude I don't have to care <laughs> yeah she like they do the like vague like whoa the powers that be and she's like shut the fuck up like she yes. really doesn't care and i love that she even like she's like what are you some immortal demon sent to even the score right. and he's like well. like stop demon explaining to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> buffy over it is like one of my favorite yes, yes. <laughs> um so then we get who stops buffy in the street dana spike <laughs> I always feel like these are like trivia questions that I'm going to get wrong, even if I know the answer. <laughs> I love when enemies fight together. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite tropes. But yeah, he's basically like, listen, that sword situation, It's you're just not going to be able to just like stick a st- sword in Angel and have it work. He's like, you're going to need, you're going to need how to know how to use it. And, um, you know, of course they have to like, punch each other a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I love his whole speech about why he doesn't want an apocalypse. Like, yes. why would he? The world is great for him. Um, because he's a romantic. Yeah. He's romantic. Yeah. He walked through Sillaback. And I, I love yeah. I love the tender-hearted, heartless person in Spike, you know? And, mm-hmm. like, Drew is this thing that he, he doesn't give a shit about anything else. And if that means he has to team up with his enemy he's gonna do it yeah yeah and he doesn't care and that like it's it's just such a standout scene and also such great foreshadowing for the future there are a couple of things here that were such great foreshadowing but when she says i hate you and he yes. says i'm all you've got like, like hello season oh six hello season <laughs> six exactly yes <laughs> just so well set up and their dynamic is so great and spike just kills it in these scenes he's so attractive he's having so much fun he's funny he's charming like i you know i yeah i i love it and i i absolutely see why he essentially like acted his way into such a bigger role than he was originally intended to have and i fully support it yeah i i re-watching this i was like i wonder if this is the scene where they were like Oh, yeah, we didn't hire him again for season three yet, but like eventually we want to bring him back because he is mm-hmm. so good. Because I wrote that specific quote down too, Kirsten, the I hate you, I'm all, I'm all yeah. you've got. Like, it's so good. And like, I even like when she's like, all right, talk. And he goes, okay, I'm just going to kill this guy real quick. And she's like, ahem. Like, <laughs> and he like didn't mean it to be shitty. He really was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, eat this guy and then we'll go. Which is kind of like, that is almost their dynamic for most of the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get the the team up, which is their first of many. We go back to the hospital, and this is weird. I I don't know. It's weird. Xander's confessing to Willow that he's in love with her, 
And my notes just say Xander's confessing he's in love with Willow fart noise. I don't know. Boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, do we do we all kind of feel that way about this? Yeah, I think they really wanted to build up the will they or won't they with, with Xander and Willow, but they never had chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you freaking love Oz so much at this point, and you love him yeah. because he's the first person who looked at Willow and said, Not only is she delightful and smart, but she's freaking hot and amazing, and I love everything about her, right? I'm yeah. not gonna be her friend and also make fun of her. I'm not gonna be your friend and ignore the fact that if you saw her in real life, she'd be the single most beautiful person you had ever seen, right? Yeah. And so, like, I love Oz because he loves Willow. And so, yeah, trying to put some tension there just didn't really work. But I did feel bad for Xander that, like, he's pouring his heart out to his best friend and she just is waking up for Oz, which, you know, I would too, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Oz is amazing. I feel like we don't talk enough about Oz. Like, I, I love, love him so much. Um, yeah, it is that. And it's, and it's like, and, it, and, it, and they did really trial and error a lot of romantic foils for Xander before landing on Anya. Um, But like there was, it was like, wow, that chemistry did not work there, 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 there. Um, But I think Anya works so well because I think Xander is such a little pain in the ass that you just need someone who's like, you can buy that she's not, like Anya isn't suppressing anything being with uh, uh, Xander, I feel like I feel like if you were with if he was with anybody else, you'd be like, oh, the poor she is suffering inside. <laughs> um, but you just because you know that Anya just blurts whatever that comes out of her mouth, you're just like, oh, she just likes him. She just must like she 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 like calls him out, and she kind of belittles. They, they have this kind of like they have this like kind of next door wacky neighbor vibe, and like, it's like, oh, you know, I think just the fact that like you know that they're cool because you know that if she really felt a way about him, yes. she'd say so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and you know, and then Oz and Willow even get this cute moment where she's like, my head feels big. Is it big? And he says, no, it's head size. Like mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. anytime people are like arguing about like Angel and Spike, I'm like, no, Oz is my forever crush. Like from Oz, Buffy. Yes. Like I, he's the yeah. one I would want to date. I would still, I would still have a crush on a guy like that now. hundred percent. hundred percent. He was so hard. So I had him cameo in Chosen, which is um, the sequel to Slayer. And he, I was like, oh, it'll be so fun. I'll have an Oz, Oz cameo. I'll lo- I love him. And I watched so many super cuts of his dialogue. And I'm like, how do I write his dialogue? <laughs> he is so consistently, delightfully weird. And like, it was genuinely more of a challenge to capture his voice than it was to capture Buffy's or Faith's or any of the other main characters just because like. Yeah, because he's kind (laughs) of like, like, he's kind of like Garth from Wayne's World where he's just sort of like quiet, but not like these people. (laughs) It's so performance dependent. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, if it was like a bad actor doing this, we would probably all not love us. Yeah, right. he's so charming. Oh, he's so charming. Well, there's yeah. something to be said about people who are effortlessly cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That. I mean, Oz just walks into a room. He's just, he's not trying at all, but it's like, he's got it. Yeah. Yep. He also like never had any identity crisis about mm-hmm. being in the Scooby. Like I feel like every other Scooby had at some point some like, oh, right. I'm not really part of the thing or I'm not providing or I'm not this and that. He just was like, he just kind of strolled in, helped, didn't help, strolled out. <laughs> you know, there was never a big like he has to work something out. You know, it was like only until like New Moon Rising or whatever that he yeah, had like actual like, had like, to write out. Mm-hmm. When they were like, when they had to be like, <laughs> So I don't know. I have I have issues with that. Episode, but <laughs> yes, 
Not not my Oz, but here we go. <laughs> right. So I think it's Oz says it's everybody else okay, and then we cut to Giles tied to a fucking chair. Mm-hmm. They are going to torture him, but I do like when he's like, so how are you doing? And Giles is like, never been better. Like, Giles is not going to give shit up. Giles yeah. would have died before he would tell them, right? Yes, like, right. Well, uh, that's his Slayer. That's his uh, Watcher, you know, oath, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, by this point, Buffy very much is like his daughter, right? Like, we're we're there yeah. at the point right. where like, he does consider her like a child to him. Mm-hmm. And I love that like, because Giles is, and, and it's, again, we, were, we, we spoke in the previous episode about, um, how much um, we loved and, and sort of missed the the twenty two episode genre show season um, because you know we it's 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 doing really well as having a comeback in in the sitcom world but like I think in the genre show it's so important because you get like because we have the one off episode where Giles Giles's bad boy past comes uh-huh. back um, we understand that the man sitting in that chair is not going to tell Angela's a thing. Yeah. Like it, it all feeds that episode, even though it could be considered an irrelevant episode of the season. Right. Yeah. If you're right. Like chop it down to eight, uh, make it a tight eight episode season. (laughs) Like that would be the one of the ones to go, but then you, again, you just, that's one of the big things you would lose is that you would lose the, this, this sort of feeling of like, Oh, Giles has been through so much worse. Um, And that's not, and he's not going, he's like a toughness that he does not usually show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to the Summer's home. Uh, Buffy and Spike are on their way in. Joyce is pulling up and... <sighs> Hi. Dana, go ahead. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I, know, I mean, I don't mean... Okay. This is this is the most fucked up town in, in the world, right? So, like, the fact that Joyce is just, like, cannot, like, handle... What is happening? Like this is the first time that she has ever had to reach outside of herself to like look at her demon infested <laughs> suburb. Um, but it, it's so great because I I love the banter, uh, yes. and the band, the whole band thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How Buffy's the drummer. It just it's so good. It's so this improv between these two enemies is so perfect. But like. Joyce is just not having it. And I'm like, Joyce, come on. Like, the world is on fire in your she, town. Like, I want to see the, like, alt version where, like, Joyce is just walking through a typical day in Sunnydale, like, um, in Shaun of the Dead, where he's walking around and, like, slips <laughs> on the blood and doesn't realize it. Um, <laughs> like, there's just so many things happening. Um, in her own, like, daughter's life. And like, even, like, like, Buffy has to yell at her later on. Like, where she's yeah. like how many times have you washed blood out of my clothes? And I think, you know, queers in the room, um, I, you know, it's it's very, like, I, I they definitely play in the waters of, like, self it like she's self-enforcing a delusion um yeah well the charade is just so much easier for her right 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 because like because again because she had to go through this thing what they did uproot they did have to move you know she did burn down down a school you know and she's like (laughs) petrified and it only happened a year and a half ago you know like so i I see that version and i do think you know i do think christine sutherland sells it so well she does, um, yes. But like, there's not a, like I never once believe like I'm like oh she's not selling that Joyce is like it just there is a reading of this that is parent of a queer child who yeah. 
is like cannot accept this into their body. Shut um, up, Adam. I was just going to say, I was like, we're going to find a way to turn this queer. I know we are. And then <laughs> you just went and said the thing. You just did it. Yes. Well, I mean, look at she says, like, have you tried not being a slayer? Which yes, is, I know. Which it's, is, it's I exactly mean, they know what that. they're doing. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because that's what Jane, when the first time I had Jana Spenson on, she said that. She explicitly said, because I was like, you know, like, the show is so queer like it has so many queer fans and she was like well i do think it was queer before willow and tara she was like Mm -hmm. you know in season two buffy basically comes out to her mom and her mom doesn't accept it she was like and i think that's a very like queer experience and it is of course because like because like ian there is a reason i mean and we talked about this in the last episode where like my i I did watch this live and i recorded it and my family went on a summer vacation and i took the vhs tape with me (laughs) to watch it again and again like i had a I, it, this was a security like I uh, this this was psychologically important to me in a way I did not realize until later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it's like it was playing and it was you know it knew what it was doing and yeah. uh, and that's why like just twenty five years later I'm able to without having rewatched the show recite it from memory. Um, <laughs> I was I'm the one person who probably did not rewatch the show before. I mean I I was like no I got it like no I'm, I'm <laughs> doing all of this from I don't even know the last time I saw it but like I, I'm impressed it's in my blood. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, this scene holds up so well because I remember seeing it as a teenager and feeling so validated when yeah. Buffy gets mad at her mom and is, you know, there's blood in my clothes. Like, how did you, how did you rationalize that? How did you not see how much pain I've been in? Right? How did you yes. not see what I'm going yeah. through? Yes. And then as a mother, you know, I have teenagers, and and this scene breaks my heart. Because it is like my greatest fear as a mom is that I won't notice or I'll be so afraid that I will deliberately not notice what my kids are going through. Um, So it's really gutting and sad uh, to see Buffy dealing with that. But then also you can see Joyce regrets it the the moment she says, don't walk out that door. And then I just kind of feel like this is why we practice important conversations as parents (laughs) so that we aren't caught off guard when our kids come out as slayers. (laughs) Right. So that they know we support them, and we, we <laughs> so right support on. their identity. We support they, their destiny, whether that's a slayer or whatever. S L G B T Q I A. I mean, might as well, right? Yes. You that groundwork and you practice those conversations <laughs> because it's 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 one of those things. Because like I, you know, regoing this over because um. I have a, you know, my, my next why that comes out in, um, next year is I'm in the middle of revising it right now. And, and it is dealing with a lot of the anger that Buffy is tapping into here that a lot of queer people and, you know, or a lot of queer people deal with, which is, um, you know, like I was a kid I I didn't, I, I shouldn't have had to do the come out thing. Like it's what, like there's a part of the come out process that makes you a little angry that someone couldn't just. So, right. Like people in my life knew who I was before I knew. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying this is something where we should just go walk up to a, a queer presenting child and say, <laughs> you are you. Um, but like, and it's just one of those like great kind of tragedies I think about, about queerness and coming out in this current society is that like, it, there really is, this is the way, but it is such a tragedy um, yeah. that it is on the child to do that work. And um, a parent can't, reach out in that directive away because I guarantee you like there is a read there is a there is a version once you're out that I just wish someone had just said it so I didn't have to say it Joyce should have been preparing herself right like when I finally like 
came out to my mom. Um, her and I had this really long conversation where she said, you know, I I realized pretty early on that this is probably what was going to happen. And I remember sitting your dad down in the garage and telling him, you know, Z- I think Zach's going to be gay. And, you know, how do we, how do we handle that? Or how do we, you know, how are we going to react to that? And, um, you know, it, Joyce knows, Joyce does know with the, washing the blood out of the clothes. Um, mm-hmm. the fact that the cops literally were just there, um, and in no world were the cops there saying that there was somebody murdered and that people were hurt. And then when you do finally see your daughter, cause she was clearly out driving around looking for her. Right. And when she finally yeah, sees yeah. her, she brushes it under the rug like really fast, right? She doesn't – she's not She's not angry about it. She would rather just put her head in the sand and be like, okay, well, Buffy's not saying anything about it. I'm not saying anything about it, and we will just continue on, right? But and, and that was always the most comfortable for her because in no world, you're, you're not going to see your daughter and be like, what the fuck is going on, right? Like <laughs> now you tell me. It doesn't take – it shouldn't take like her staking a vampire in front of her. To say it, you right. know, like her staking the vampire in front of her is like the, well, there's no way to say you didn't see that part, right? Um, now we right. have to confront this. Yeah, and I, I, so we'll, we'll get to the scene scene, but I do love all of the Spike stuff here. Like all of the mm-hmm. Spike stuff is so great. I like that when Buffy's on the phone with Willow, I was thinking like, it, the two of them have such good best friend chemistry because I like that Willow is reassuring Buffy. Yeah. Willow is like, because she knows, like, Willow is the only one, like, people can rag on Willow all they want for, like, mm, she, she lived at Buffy's house, didn't pay bills. Sure, sure, sure. But I think Willow is one of the only ones that, like, is in tune with what Buffy feels and is going mm-hmm. through. Like, Willow is her ride or die. Willow is the one that, like, knows, hey, my best friend's having a really, going through a really fucking rough time. Let me like reassure her that I'm okay because I don't want her to stress about me. And she's like, I know who the president is. I know how many fingers. My brain isn't mush. And I just, I really like that. And I like that we a few times cut to just Spike and Joyce like sitting in the living room waiting. And their outfits are color coordinated. <laughs> they are. They're both wearing black over bold red. And I honestly like Joyce and Spike have several scenes together, and every scene they have together in the entire series is perfect. Mm. Yes. <laughs> they just have a good dynamic. And the acknowledging yes. of the ex and all of that is just yes. so funny. I love the look on Joyce's face. She's like, have we met? And he's like, with the ex, remember? Get the hell away from my daughter. And she just goes, oh. Like, she's like, okay. oh, right. I do remember. And again, again, she really doesn't want to confront that because that was a pretty serious yeah. situation. Like, well, if I was attacking you with the ex, that means you were trying to kill my daughter. But we're not going to talk about that because I'd rather not talk about it. And so we're just going right. to. <laughs> You live in town. (laughs) (laughs) She's so Uh, good. And I just like, and it's one of those things where like, I know they struggled to like, they struggled to find things to do with her, you know, in later seasons. But like, I, to that as a writer myself, I'm just like, how could you struggle after seeing what happened with this season? Like, how could you be lost for ways to go about that? Right, because she can sell it. She has. Mm-hmm. She like. She could can sell it. it. She again. She was such a. She was a helicopter mom. She could have been in. The, she could have been. My mom would not leave my dorm. Like so. Like there was just <laughs> there was a million different ways to do that. Like and it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, you missed a ton of potential. She was at the gallery. You know, uh, the gallery. <laughs> yeah, she was at the, the gal. Oh my god. There's a whole. There's a, again. There's a. There's a. There's a Disney Plus spinoff called Joyce's Gallery. um and i i do like that spike and buffy are planning you know he's like drew bagged a slayer she didn't tell me hey good for her though not from your perspective i suppose which i really 
really like I wrote that down. But I do like that Joyce is like like going through 10 billion different questions and they are ignoring her because they have to, right? Mm-hmm. They're like they have an important plan they need to do. Well, because this is when she decides to ask all the questions, like now. Right. Right. Like we're a little busy, mom. Like um and then we get the scene that uh, both of them should have been fucking Emmy nominated, at least yeah. for this fucking scene. Uh, <laughs> I love that she starts it with have another drink uh, that I totally have yes. missed on other watches. And that's why she throws oh, the damn yeah. blast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like no prestige drama on, on HBO right now has reached the level of like, have another drink and she flings the glass. She like, does it good too. She like, keeps <laughs> eye contact and everything. Yeah. She does the like mom look of like, Stay oh, I'm fucking pissed. August Osage County. Like, they do a full <laughs> play. <laughs> <laughs> never never has been a better reference (laughs) (laughs) you come back here (laughs) Um, yeah and i will say like watching this makes me hot like i get mad at joyce i i know i understand that like we're to be fair to her it is like she's caught off guard she hasn't practiced this conversation but like, I get so fucking pissed at her. I will say also, I've used that line to be shitty. One time there was a drunk girl who spilled a drink on me and then kept <laughs> bumping into me and then said, you're giving me a shitty look. And I said, go have another drink. And if she was pissed. <laughs> That's <laughs> And I used it because of Buffy. Oh my god. (laughs) A long time ago, Ian, I've changed. (laughs) (laughs) And then Dana beat my ass. (laughs) I just feel like if I was Buffy and I was like I was like, listen, we have like a very ticking, we have like a Majora's mask s ticking clock right now happening. Like we have a very intense schedule where on I would just be like, you literally could not have brought this up during the fish monster week. (laughs) <laughs> like you could, like you know, when things were a little dangerous, but like I had more time to sit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will say, I I told Kirsten this when you're texting, but like my mother never forgave Joyce for this because a Puerto Rican holds a fucking grudge. And my mom will be like, oh, that stupid mother. I didn't like her. She didn't, she didn't help Buffy. She kicked her out of the house. I don't like her. She should have helped her. And like my mom was very of the mind that Joyce should have been a better, like, yeah. more proactive in helping her well, and i get that blew it. she 100 percent blew it she, yeah her daughter needed help and she gave her an ultimatum but right? so but like, to be a little fair to her i don't i think that she truly didn't think buffy was gonna actually leave she didn't really mean oh yeah buffy leave and the expression on her face as soon as buffy does mm-hmm. makes that clear yeah. Well, uh, Joyce was trying to do the Toys R Us kid move where you're yeah. like, all right, I'm leaving now. And then right. like, like the kid's supposed to go, no, he's like, the, like, mentally, I'm 50 years old. I'm not going to fall for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Buffy's like, the year I had? Mm, I'm, She's I'm like, good. do you know how many people I have, like, grieved and buried the last two years? <laughs> well, Don is, like, eating cereal at the bar right there. <laughs> oh, Don. Yeah, still, where's Don in this? Well, we'll, we'll get there at the end. Um, I do- no. It's wild to think, like, all of this taken out of context sounds fucking stupid, right? Like, I have to save the world again is such a silly line, but fuck if they don't sell it, right? Sell it, yep. Like, Sarah Michelle Gellar, like, the the, the way she, like, contorts her face of, like, just shut the fuck up. I have, like you said, Adam, it's like, I have a ticking time bomb. I gotta go. I don't have time. She's already exhausted too, right? And now having to explain this to her mother who like 
she's pretty sure has already been following over the past like 30 minutes. Like I shouldn't have to sit and explain this to you, right? I am on, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. I've got somewhere to be. Yeah. And not only is she exhausted, she's fucking heartbroken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's heartbroken, which she can't really share with her mother. Right. And she's exhausted and she has to save the world a fucking day. (laughs) It's so rich. It's just the richest scene. Like this is why this episode is like the heart of this whole episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, you are right, Kirsten. I hadn't thought about that before. It does, uh, Joyce does give the look of, oh, fuck, she didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. she wasn't expecting her to leave. Yeah. Well, be- and that, and that she, again, like, Christine Sutherland is so good. Like, she echoes that look again at the end of the episode. Yes. Right. And full of grace is playing, and she's reading the letter. You don't have to read the letter. You just see the look right. on her face, and Christine, and she sells it, and it's just... Like it's stuck with me. Like that's one of the images mm-hmm. from the show that has stuck with yeah. me. Is is yeah. is is um, Joyce d- dropping the letter? Like d- yeah, dropping to the bed. Like it's very it, it's perfect. And again, just yeah. to just like one more time to sort of give um, Joyce a little bit more credit is that this is her sixteen year old kid, right? If you might, your sixteen year old kid mm-hmm. is saying, "I'm about to go out and risk my life and save the world." I would probably be like, no, the fuck you're not. I don't think so. Yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> right. Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's like something where, you know, um, you get into this and, you know, and Zach, you were right with, I, um, I, think, I think it was you, Zach, who said it, maybe it's Kirsten, but like, um, where it was like, Buffy knows Joyce understands this. That's mm-hmm. why she's impatient. She's like, you're kind of, and that's another kind of bringing it, that's mm-hmm. another deeper layer of the queer kid talking to a parent situation yeah. where they are feigning ignorance um where they are like just explain transgender stuff to me again. right and like one more time and then i'll understand like it's like it's like no 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 you understand this. yeah you shouldn't have been asking these questions right at, right as i'm like clearly in a hasty situation you could have asked this yeah, right. plenty of times in the last uh last season yeah it's like you were you were understanding this you are just trying to get me to stay here yeah i mean you didn't feel anything over valentine's day you didn't have any questions after valentine's day maybe i don't know right (laughs) when you're trying to fuck xander (laughs) how did she square that circle (laughs) and it's so it's so funny because like i got like i mean like this is a uh, this is a joyce house over here like we love joyce um Mm -hmm. my husband and i quote her in uh band candy all the time but um where she He's just like just wild child, you know, and I think that there's a big part of like Joyce that is very connected to how, you know, Giles is. I think a lot of the adults in the show are reckoning with these childhoods that are sort of incomplete. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's, uh, it's, it's just very fascinating. You do see that start to come out a little bit in, in, in this here where you're just seeing how, just adrift. Yeah. And there's a big tragedy with Joyce too over the entire series is that um, mm-hmm. she she doesn't want her daughter to to have the weight of the world on her shoulders, right? Like she yeah. she she loves yeah. her daughter. She loves Buffy. She doesn't want her to have to go and do this. But then after this, she also a little too quickly kind of accepts it and then is also piling onto her, right? We have to take care of Dawn. We have to make sure Dawn's okay. We have to right. um we like these different things where where we don't really see after this Joyce kind of taking care of Buffy and being like, you know, yeah. how was like, let me, let me, let me get some Neosporin for this wound or something. Right. We, we don't really see Joyce taking care of Buffy 
again after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the closest we get is fucking gingerbread when she goes out once and then forms <laughs> Moo and like tries to burn her daughter at the stake. She joins MAGA, exactly. No, it's so true. God, an exhausting mom to have. Um, yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, she does the MAGA thing. She has her like daffy friend over with the mask on. <laughs> She keeps trying again. It's this is the most relatable TV mother of all time. (laughs) I'm like, is this me? Um, But uh, then we go to the hospital, and I this is one of the first times we see uh, Willow taking charge, which I like. Mm -hmm. Right? She's coming into her own, and she even is like does the like cute little resolve face. Listen to me, and everyone Uh, does listen to her. And mm -hmm. she, it's I, uh, I don't know, Uh, Kirsten. What do you what do you think of this? Because I love seeing this. I love seeing it too. And and I love that, um, like you said, Willow's coming into her own, right? She knows that she can do it and yeah. that they need to let her try and support her in trying the same way that, you know, they support Buffy in those things that she's doing. And yeah, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit knowing the eventual right. path that magic is leading Willow on. But for now, it's such like um such an empowering thing for her and and yeah i love it i love willow there's such a like um there's such a mirror image of um willow doing this when jane i know i know i'm skipping ahead a little bit but like when she is eventually in the in the bed sort of summoning the soul into like from this remote location and they and they sort of recall that image um in chosen in the series yeah yeah Um, And it's a similar, like, she's in her own world and place. And I think this is such a big, huge moment for Willow here, as it is another healing moment for her at the end of season seven. And um, it's very beautiful arc making. um, And it has nothing to do with, like, who her boyfriend or girlfriend is. And um, that's new for, like, female characters in a teen show. Like, it's very, like, it's, it's very cool. It's just very, very cool. Yeah. Dana, I'm curious. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love I love seeing Willow take. She takes these really slow steps and small steps into becoming herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just I raised my glass to that. <laughs> Thank you, but yeah, I mean, this this is really truly what her first big moment. Yeah. To see, to show or like who she is going to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, eh, yeah. I, I mean, I know we talk a lot about like Cordelia's arc, but I do think Willow has a really fucking great arc too. Um, yeah. She does. Yeah. Uh, so she then tells Xander to go tell Buffy. Um, and we know how that goes. Uh, we go back to the vampires. Giles is being tortured. Um, Giles gets shitty with him. I meant to look up what the fuck pillock means, though. Does anyone know what that means? Mm. That's what he calls Angel. He said, you must perform the ritual in a tutu. Pillock. And I was like, stupid person. All right, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. So Angel tells Spike she had the chainsaw, but Spike immediately is like, no, because he has a plan with Buffy. And Buffy said, if Giles dies, then Drusilla dies. So then Spike says, we have a different way. And he invites Drusilla in, which we should just talk about because we get a, we flash back and forth, but Drusilla comes in and Jesus Christ, she turns into Jenny Calendar. Just so oh. dark. Uh, Jenny. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing at how into Drew gets kissing him at the end. I'm like, you know what? 
I get it. I did when I was a teenager. I do now. Giles is hot. You took your chance. Good for you, girl. Um, no, but it is heartbreaking because, because you know, Jenny's death was awful. It was terrible. Yeah. And it was such a terrible way to break Giles and get the information from him. But also such a great way to do it because because it leaves him with his his bravery and his integrity intact, right? He never yeah. gave up. They right. just found the way in and the way in was through people that he loved thinking that giving that information would protect them. So yes. it was a great, like such a great way to Giles is still the hero, but also right. they got what they needed. Yeah, that's that's true. I hadn't thought about that. It is because mm-hmm. at first he's even a little reluctant, right? Because he's like, it yeah. can't be you. But then he yeah. like, and understandably so, he's just been tortured for hours. So he's like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, it is you, even though it's not. And like, yeah, he, ugh. And Drusilla's a good actor, right? Because she's yeah. it's Jenny. She sounds so kind, sounds so sweet. Then we get uh, the library scene where uh, our beloved Slayer gets expelled from school. Oh, first, can we just talk about that stupid body outline on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew deserved better on so many levels, including Buffy could have just stopped at that spot. And thought about it. You didn't have to have this cartoony tape outline that just, it looks silly, right? <laughs> oh, Kendra, I'm so sorry. It happened in a deleted scene. Buffy's got to get to get to Angel. Buffy and Snyder have some good yeah. stuff in this episode. Um, yes. You know, what was so sad about it, though, is that is that Buffy really was trying in school. Like, she really was studying. She was really trying. She was excited to take that test. She, Willow even hyped her up, and 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 she gets expelled. She just wants yeah. to go through school and do well, and she gets expelled. And that's, that's terrible. Yeah. And I just, I want to say, like, Armin Shimmerman just, just kills this show. Like, he's oh, not yes. known really for the show, but, like, he just mm-hmm. kills it. And he's such a perfect foil for... For, yes. Like, I, like we we're missing we're missing the principal Snyder in the show once he's gone, like once we're yeah. out of school. Like no, there, no, there was this sort of this little low level antagonist. Yes. Um, we're missing the vile pettiness of him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And also, he has such a great line where he says, "In case you haven't noticed, the police of Sunnydale are deeply stupid." Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I I love that like. He's kind of a like the way Glory views Buffy is kind of how Buffy views him, right? Yes. Because she could kick the shit out of him very easily. He knows this, but he's still gonna fucking like jab at her. And him expelling her, it's like, God damn it, give her a break. But that's barely a blip for her, right? Because at mm-hmm. this point, what do you got? It's something she she's gotta deal with it later, right? She's gotta think about it later. Yeah. There's no no time. Yeah. Zach was right though. She was trying. She wanted to be there. And so for him to take that away in addition to everything else was just, it's, it's gutting because it's just, it's just the last thing, right? She literally has nothing. And it's followed by that little smirky little face he has, you know? Yeah. Well, because he's working for the mayor. And I, what I love about this is I, I love a good setup for the next thing. I love that there was a hint that even if this, Angela's thing wraps up well. There is something else going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is some other yeah. agenda going on. I think that is such... It's it's when genre TV is doing its best. It is just like always... It's it's so... It's just we're we're putting... You're focusing on one thing and we are lacing in something else for the future. It is very, very, very 
interesting and exciting. I, it was something where I'm like, what's going on with the mayor? Like all mm-hmm. summer. Like my, like my parents really like, we're on vacation. We stop bringing up this question <laughs> you have about the mayor. I'm like, no, like who is the mayor? Is the mayor a demon? You know, like I was just upset. I was obsessed with like who the next sort of big villain is going to be. Yeah. And the look of numbness and annoyance on Buffy's face. And she just pulls out that sword and he like, takes a step back because he knows she could fucking kill him. And I, mm-hmm. I just love that. Like she just has other things to do, right? Like sure. Expel me. I don't fuck you. Like, and I like that. She just pulls out the sword. And is just like, you never got a single date. Did you? And then <laughs> like walks by with the sword, like kind of threatening just to like scare him a little. Right. And like, yeah. she deserves to be petty at this point. I would be petty. Well, and she yeah. can, that's all. If, if that's yeah. what she can do, then she deserves to do it. And cause she, yeah. she's not going to freaking nick him or anything. Right. So like, yeah, I love it. Buffy goes back to Giles as a, apartment though and then why whistler is there again why? this was already a scene why is this what is the scene <laughs> america is crying out for more whistler it does not matter how many times i watch these whistler scenes i never remember what he ever tells her i never remember it yeah. except for he keeps calling her kid and i'm like come on man yeah like no i've seen this episode like probably 10 times Every time I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, so I don't, it, rec- I don't recognize it's him. Not her son. Any of the it's time. not her son. It's not her son. They're related. In my real life, like in my real life, if I was going through what I what Buffy was going through, and I had this huge fight with my mom, and I and, and I had this just, and I've been up all night, and like the only person who gives me advice is kidnapped, and my my like boyfriend did the kidnapping, and I got all this beef, and then I just had to talk to my god damn principal and i and and then i had to run into this man i'd kill him <laughs> I mean, there's nobody around just say angel did it. <laughs> he doesn't even have to say anything i'd be like that pork pie hat i'm gonna i'm gonna just i have to strangle you <laughs> you looked at me wrong and that's it <laughs> i would that is like this is why there's no gay boy slayers position just <laughs> like i'm just like i can't stand talking to you <laughs> okay, but he does. He does like give her the the secret that yeah. uh, yes. Angel's blood is going to be the 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 key. There's not a there's not a book they can find that in. There's not a book. <laughs> yeah, their I, book person is busy. She's got a, a concussion. Yeah, <laughs> and the other book person is captured. Yeah. Right. Oh God, terrible. Um, you know what's funny is. I literally just watched this episode and Dana, I didn't even take a note and I fucking forgot that's how she knows. Like I forgot that it's Whistler. <laughs> yes. It is. Right. Why? It, it, Why it is, is it? so weird, right? I think like, they were probably trying to set up an eventual angel thing and then mm-hmm. realized that this guy is polling very rancid. <laughs> and, right, and they switched. They could have just sent a postcard that said, it's angel's blood that yeah. does it. No, listen, and here's the thing. This is what I love. Like I, I wish they had done this more because this is one of my favorite parts of um, uh, the the Kinderstad episode where um, I love Cordelia as researcher um, where you get like, I mean, early, early on, I know like eventually I'm assuming she does like more advanced research in in Angel, but like, um, but like in this one where she's just like, it's, it's honestly like she's annoyed at the extra homework of it. (laughs) I I love her energy where she caught like one of my favorite moments between any of the characters ever is Cordelia calling up uh, Buffy 
saying like, hey, I have information under Kinderstone. And Buffy's like, who is this? <laughs> and Cordelia's like, it's me. Like, she's just like, it's a perfect dynamic. They have a perfect dynamic. <laughs> it really, you're, you're right. It she, really is like, that's fun to watch. It's one of my, I, it's top five Buffy <laughs> moments. Like, I just, like, it's this stupid little, like, they're both irritated and they got this, like, Freddy Krueger thing they're trying to get. And, like, they're just both like, what? What? Like, both of them are like, what? It's great. <laughs> And I, I, I wish there were just more of that. I feel like we could have, like, again, if we did it over again and you were like, well, she has to find out the information somehow, Cordelia would be like, well, everyone is knocked unconscious or <laughs> kidnapped. So I have to do the researching. I'm a little, and then, and just had this annoyed researching moment. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved that. Yeah. All the whistler scenes really boil down to this meeting should have been an email. Yes. <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> yes. Speaking of meeting should have been an email. Then Xander shows up like, yep. hey, I'm here to help. <laughs> oh. uh, so, okay. So we got to talk about this. Opinion. Because it's never- <laughs> my, most controversial, my most controversial Buffy opinion. I think I think I have it. I think I'm going to agree uh, with I think you. I'm Go going to agree with both of you. Okay. Well, now I feel like I should say something really stupid. Just well, <laughs> I don't know what anyone's going to say. So um, Okay. So setting aside my issues with Xander, because I have a lot of issues with Xander, right? And setting aside the fact that he betrayed Willow's trust and setting aside the fact that this is clearly about him and his feelings, I still don't think it was the wrong thing to do because he knows that Buffy has to be absolutely focused and he knows that Buffy can't hesitate. And he knows that if she is waiting on a potential um, saving moment to happen, she's going to pull her punches and that could end up with her dead or that could end up with the world pulled into a hell dimension. And so choosing not to tell her, choosing not to give her that hope and that hesitation, I think it was the right choice. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, Perfect. I think it's I think it's the right choice in a broken clock is right twice a day. Yes. Way. I think oh, yeah. I think he's not doing 40 chess. I think he's yes. like being a little idiot, yeah. but um, it works out right. Like, but it like accidentally, works. it does work yeah. out right. Right, and 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 Willow said, right. "Kick his ass." I love that. I love it, and I love that it comes back right. later. And it's just that I love. Yes. yes, I I so like I do think Buffy would have every right to be mad at him for mm-hmm. it, but I yes. do think I don't think it wasn't like I like you said, Kirsten. You do have to put aside that shit because it is hard to read it that way without thinking of like. Well, he does feel like he has ownership over her and yeah. treats her that way sometimes. And like, yeah. it is hard to separate that. So I understand why people like hate that moment and get yeah. fucking pissed. It's the advice that Giles would have given her. Mm. Yeah, um, it like is. Giles would have done this in that. He would have done it intentionally. I yeah. think he, I think Xander did it accidentally. I was just saying, it's like the time my friend was on her way to the hospital to get an emergency C-section. And she was like, what are they like? And I was like, oh, you'll be fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> you'll be fine in recovery. Don't even worry about it. She texted me three days later and she was like, what the hell, Kirsten? Necessary. Necessary. Like, you need the truth then. Yeah. No. You yeah. Needed, you needed me to, to encourage you so that you weren't terrified and, and losing your mind. 
And now we can talk honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <And laughs> but I'm a better friend than Xander, so. <laughs> and with, um, like, like, yes, it's his own motivations, his own, like, selfishness that that is having him say this right. But I do still believe, just like with the last episode when he told everybody and he told Buffy that, like, just kill Angel. There's a percentage where he knows, like, somebody's already died. Angel's already killed somebody in our group, right? Like, he mm-hmm. needs to die. Xander knows that he Angel needs to die. Or else, if Angel yeah. doesn't die, it could be Cordelia, it could be Willow, it could be him, it could be any yeah. of them, right? So there is a percentage there also doing it for a greater good. Yeah, but he's also the only one who could say that because he's the only one who prioritizes his own feelings over everyone right. else's, including Buffy's. Whereas Willow is empathetic to Buffy's feelings. Mm-hmm. She yes. understands Buffy's feelings. Um, whereas Xander's like, well, the world revolves around me and I'm the most important person in the room. But right now, so- I'm sorry, Buffy's feelings. He, he needs to, Angel yes. is like very dangerous and very much needs to die. Yeah. And he should so, have. <laughs> yeah. So Stay dead. I, and I, I, I'm already looking forward to angry tweets um, about what I'm about to say. But this goes into why I don't think Giles was that incorrect in season seven when he like distracted Buffy so Principal Wood could theoretically kill Spike. Mm-hmm. I don't think Giles was everyone will like that's when people I've learned that people like hate Giles for that because mm. people who love Spike get whatever. Um and I love him too, but like Giles was not incorrect. She was distracted. She was yeah. like we we were spending the show was spending too much time on Spike at that point. The world is ending. Yeah. We have the first evil. Why are we like wasting episodes on Spike? And it's because Buffy was preoccupied, and it's understandable because love does like. Cloud there are so many times yeah. these people, these vampires, should have been killed because of horrible shit that they yeah. did, and and right. it just like just because you have characters in there trying to push that and make that come to fruition, make that happen, like it's they're doing it for a reason, right? Like these are bad guys right yes and like so that's why i i I think you're right kirsten giles would have given her the same advice he would have been like you have to kill him because also i don't know it it, so again i don't like that he lied to her because it was mostly selfish but i don't think he was wrong yeah but i do love that we at least kind of revisit it and see like i remember the gasp i let out in selfless when they first like and willow's like Hey, that's not what I said. Like, I remember being like, fuck! Uh, that's when you um, feel like a real Buffy fan, because you know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I always I always wondered if we were supposed to assume that they talked about it off screen. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe they like reconciled this later. But like, especially when Buffy tells him that she's saying it knowing that he lied, right? Like, yeah. Willow, that's the first time she's hearing it. But Buffy knew that, and that's also the first time she's telling Xander that she knows that he lied. She waits that long because I think somewhere inside she kind of knew because then in Selfless, her and Xander are flipped, right? She's the one that's like, Anya is murdering people. She murdered a frat house. Uh, She's got to go. Such a good point. Such a good point. Yes. And like, that's what I kept thinking of watching it this time because, Kirsten, were you on for Selfless? I think you were, right? I think I was, yeah. I think it was like me, you, and Anthony. And like, I think about our talk about that a lot because Buffy wasn't 100%. Buffy, it was like a very good nuance because Xander wasn't incorrect when he was like, well, what about when it's a guy you're dating? Yeah. Like that's not, that's that's one of the few times I would say Xander is correct, right? Like, oh, Angel and Spike get passes, but my ex-wife does not, or my ex-girlfriend does not get a pass. I also don't know what it, if it would have helped her. It would not have helped her to know that Willow's Mm -hmm. going to do this spell, Mm -hmm. right? 
Because also, it was too late. There was no part of it that wasn't too late, right? It was already in motion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she 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 would have been trying to delay something, right? Instead of going in there guns a blazing, ready to like get the shit over with. And she did have to go in guns yeah. a blazing, ready to get the shit over and with. And I, I get I get why she would be distracted and want to hold out, but like that wouldn't have helped her in the fight. Yeah. It was it was everything was set in motion, everything was gonna happen the way it was gonna happen, and yeah. you see that flash over her eyes at the very end anyway. Yes, yes. So then she enters the mansion. I think it's a very good entrance where, like, he's doing the thing. She beheads the one vampire, like, behind him. She says something like, hello, lover. And I I do like the little Xander-Giles scene when he, like, unties him. And Giles is like, no, it's making me th- see what I want to see. And he's like, why would you be seeing me? And Giles is like, point, good point. <laughs> so meanwhile, while this is all happening... We we get Willow is doing the spell. Cordelia and Oz are on either side of her. And I, this works so well for me. I think that like having both things happen and like going back and forth, like sometimes that can mm-hmm. undercut a moment, but I think it works really well here. Do you guys agree? Yeah. And we see it in the, we see it in the series finale. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And I like that we get to see Cordelia and Cordelia and Oz like, they don't really know what's going on, right? And they're both kind of like, what's going on? Like, uh, is she okay? Is this supposed to happen? And like, as this is happening, Buffy, Spike betrays Drusilla and Angel. He like has a lot of fun beating on Angel with that, whatever he has. It's a crowbar, I think. Oh, is it? I I thought it was a fucking fireplace poker. (laughs) And then Drusilla tackles him. I do wish we got to see Juliet Landau get like some like good fight moves in. Yeah. And I have a logistical question as someone who is yes. currently writing a Dracula retelling. Could you choke out a vampire? Yes, you are correct. This is wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that the is... same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because in Prophecy Girl, they explicitly says Angel cannot do CPR on him because he has no breath. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so question though, or actually maybe an answer. So I don't think that he was stopping her from breathing. He was putting pressure on her, um, the artery mm. that would have would have made her pass out. Okay, I that's mm. a better explanation right. than cutting off air I, supply. Although still, I yes. have so many issues with vampire biology. Like if you don't have a beating heart, you don't have pumping blood, which means that you don't have a sexual response system going on. So right, how I. I do. I I will say I do remember reading an interview with he who shall not be named saying, I know that vampires shouldn't be able to get erections, but if they couldn't, the show would have been one season. Exactly. Sometimes you just let it happen. You just let the thing happen. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that's plus I think, um, I I feel like this is my, this is my reading of it is that Drusilla is such a silly goose that like, she (laughs) was like, I feel like she could be like in the moment sort of like, mind game tricked into being like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting off your air supply. She's like, but she just, she just goes along she's with it. it. <laughs> that she's just like, oh no. And like, she, I could see her convincing herself that she was, yeah. She's like, ah! Like, she kind of is a silly when she passes out. Yeah. Oh goodness. What a silly goose. Um, it, all, it all happened so fast. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Kirsten, you're welcome. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do love that. Like as as then Spike having having choked out or cut off the blood supply or just conveniently incapacitated Drew. 
sees Buffy cornered in the courtyard, <laughs> no weapon, says, God, he's going to kill her. And he's like, eh, and leaves. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. so good. So good. So good. I, I love that scene. But you know what I love even more is when we get the scene between Buffy and Angel yes. because, God damn it. I feel like there's a lot of empowering shit on Buffy, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shit that makes me want to like fist pump the air. Like, you know, we talked with it. I talked about it specifically with the four of you when we did Chosen. There's so many good moments. I want to see you fist pump the air. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've done that since I went to fucking stupid pop punk shows. Um, But like, I, I, man, it's just like him knocking, like, I just, there's, it's such a good moment. Mm -hmm. Him being like, taunting her we know that she has had like the last two days have been fucking shit for her Mm. right like some of the worst buffy's had she's kicked out of her house expelled her her father figure was kidnapped her best friend was like maybe had brain damage and and she's got her period (laughs) 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 listen it (laughs) you were allowed to make that joke <laughs> I love that we've added that to the lore now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Amazing. <laughs> but like, right though, like, I don't know. I think of this a lot when he's like, like, take all that away. What's left? And she, Buffy looks beaten down for like one second. And then she catches a sword and looks up at him and says me. And like, that is such a gratifying kick to the fucking face that she gives him. I can never not hear like... The remixed version of Britney Spears is overprotective when she says me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right, Kirsten. That is the whole, that's the show, right? Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> I so like, I mean, not that it's like, you know, whatever, but like the cinematography is done well. Like I like the sweeping shots of like mm-hmm. going around the room as they're fighting and you can sometimes see it's clearly stunt doubles and that's okay. Um, but... <laughs> Like, I like the, like, music is so good and, like, the buildup and, like, And the- when they get out into the atrium, like, that's a smaller space. So they did it, they they used it really well, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, am- I mean, again, like, it is amazing how cinematic they made yes. it with no budget. Like, yeah. I have seen high budget shows recently that feel as uncinematic as anything has ever felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I've been a big old man on these last two episodes, being like everything new is a bunch of a bunch of gum on my shoe compared to this. But um, sometimes I'm right. Sometimes the old man is right. <laughs> um, and God, so we get this hurts my feelings so much. They get in there, they're in front of a Catholic, and we get we get the cut to Willow right, and she does the cool thing with her head, which is also a pin you can buy on Slayer's Etsy, as is a pin of Buffy and Angel fighting when this comes out. I just, it like all happens at like the worst moment. If like the spell Mm -hmm. had just like not worked and it would have worked like two minutes later, Buffy wouldn't have had to be like, oh, I'm killing him and he's back. Right? Like. But at least, again, at least she never went in with the hope that that was going to happen and she kind of already mentally prepared herself that she's killing Angel, you know. Yeah. So yeah. when it happens, she doesn't, it's not more than a minute that she sits there. She gives him the kiss. Like when, when she sees that portal open at her, watching it go across her eyes, you can see her yes. envisioning what she's about to do in the situation. Yes. Right. And she pulls back. She Ugh. gives him the kiss, oh. makes him close his eyes yeah. and does it. And can we just say Sarah Ugh. Michelle Geller is an artist I, of heartbreak. She is 
no one mm-hmm. yes. plays heartbreak better than her. Like she doesn't yeah, oversell it, she doesn't undersell it, but you feel it. And the way once she stabs him, she never looks into his eyes. She yeah. keeps his she yeah. keeps her eyes on the sword the entire time. I watched, I paid really close attention this time. She never mm-hmm. looks up, she never looks into his eyes. And it's oh, it's gutting. That is absolutely the way she like activates Sarah. Sarah activates her her crying is to like mm-hmm. pinpoint a stare and to like stare at something, mm-hmm. and then the tear ducts start going. And it's just it gives me chills every single time seeing her cry because she it's not like her face breaks. It's like this no. almost shock that comes across her face every single time. You know? Yeah, I I could cry listening to you guys talk about mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like. When she hugs, I put, I like made specific notes about the looks on her face mm-hmm. because when she hugs him, like she closes her eyes so hard. You can tell she's like, fuck, like, mm-hmm. she's just like, please let this like work. Let this not have to be the thing I know it's going to be. And then when it opens and the look on her, like th- there's a reason this was the scene. first scene I watched and it absolutely sold me on the show like yeah. immediately because she like what? It's like two minutes and she does so much good acting with like mm-hmm. barely any lines. Mm-hmm. Again, Adam, it goes back to what you've been saying about the twenty-two season, twenty-two season episodes because it's earned, right? Like, even yeah. though they really weren't together that much, she has been through so much this season. She well, does not deserve this on top of everything else, right? That, but then, like, here's the thing: like, so, like, um, in 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 theater school, they they would always say if, when you're going through a, a moment and you're um and you're crying is like, you know, they were like, they were like, Oh, picture your, picture your cat. Um, and it's like, you know, picture your, picture your dead cat. Uh, and then the, and the professor was like, no, don't picture the cat dead, picture the cat alive. And then that's when the tears would come. So that's like, I think something where you have something where you have these moments where Buffy's really going through it is that she has these silly, irrelevant non-mythology little moments that she's had with angel she's had um yeah. the the she's had these little one-offs with him she's had like the, the serious stuff but she's also had the silly stuff and yeah. i think that's life that's life baby right. um like that's like is it's a mix of serious heavy and silly stuff and then when you are going through real loss and heartbreak you part of the grief is you remember the the yeah. the silly fun happy times when you didn't realize at the time that they were the, the things you'd miss the most and i think that you can see that you know to what kirsten said just you can see all of that go through sarah's face um mm-hmm. is yeah. all of the things that they've gone through and will not go through uh, to her knowledge forever and you do see it like all over her face, right? Because she has two different, like, she has a couple different, like, crying methods, right? Like, later in season mm-hmm. three, when Angel breaks up with her and she's, like, crying in Willow's lap, like, that's that's a, a, just a whole different kind of heartbreak. But that is one that is, like, hit her like a truck, right? Whereas this is mm-hmm. slowly, like, trickling over her. It's not hitting her all at once, you know? Well, the, there's something special about Becoming's season finale, which is that it's really her first big devastation mm-hmm. of many. Yeah. Um, and she does not know that she has many more <sighs> of these coming mm-hmm. um, uh, very quickly. Um, and it's the first one. And so this is the first time where she really does. I mean, I guess you could say you could, tr- you could, you could trace this back to surprise innocence um, where she really sort of 
it stops becoming the the silly vampire slayer show, um, and really becomes something much you know deeper and really, yeah. really exploring this girl's trauma. Um, but like it is um, absolutely this is the first moment where she's where her life is rocked, um, and so it, it makes absolute sense that she just bolts and she can't. Like, how do you just go hang with? Right. Xander after this. Like, <laughs> I would hit the road. Um, like that's like, it's, it's, it's like one of those things where you're just like, you have gone through something so major, so massive. And I've had those moments in life where I've gone through something so serious, so big. I have had to just not cut off friends, but like, it's just, I don't talk to those friends for that period of time for a long period of time, because just explaining what I have just gone through is too like they want me to be the me from six months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, or or even just that somebody who loves you will feel that pain with you, and you are not ready for that. Yes, it's easier to shut off if uh, people aren't supporting you and feeling it with you. Yes, and I mean, Adam, to your point, I not to be too grim, but like I remember when I called you after I found Chris, and mm-hmm. like I told you, can you tell people for me? Because I mean, it was it's a phone tree situation. It's I mean, and you shouldn't have because again, it, it, you have to read, you have to go through the details every time. So mm-hmm. you really could only make that call two or three times. Yeah, and that's what friends do. And I think she understood on some level that her current friends would not be able to do that. Um, maybe Willow, but I was just say, there's yeah. a lot of right. But like, it's she also understands that like no one is going to be able to grieve the way she, for her yes. the way she needs mm-hmm. because everyone has lost someone very seriously because of this. Yes. So yeah. she can't deal with the, like she needs the help grieving and Giles is going to have to navigate that. Right. Xander has already demonstrated. He's not going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Willow may be, but that's not enough to keep her in town. And Joyce is like, Right. Very much communicated. I'm going to live on Mars for the duration of your trauma. So <laughs> I'm live on Mars. <laughs> my favorite detail, speaking of Joyce, is that yes, Buffy goes back and gets her stuff, but she leaves her room so messy. Like she is still a teenager. <laughs> 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 I absolutely do that shit. Yep, that is, that is I so like to imagine that she left Joyce the picture that Angel drew of her sleeping. <laughs> it wasn't enough, it was just a picture of Joyce sleeping. And this just it, it, it just talking about this even further compounds my fury at how dead man's party she was treated. Oh yes. <laughs> just making I'm just getting more crispy by the second thing. Yeah, I you know, I was actually just about to bring up season three because I I actually kicked me off my own podcast. I don't remember the specific episode if it's because it's like a side plot in one of the early season three episodes when Giles is like, oh, I have to do a spell. But then at the end, like it makes me cry every time. And it's such like a, it's like a, like a little moment in an episode. I, God, I can't, I think it might be, it's the episode where Angel comes back at the end, I think. Is that, that's Beauty and the Beast? I think it might be Beauty and the yeah. Beast. Cause that's, mm-hmm. no, 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 because Angel's. No, it's, um, no, the, the episode before, like Beauty and the Beast is that he comes back. Yeah. Um, that one before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Faith, hope, and trick. Yeah. <laughs> but like I, and Willow says, oh, what's the spell? And he goes, there is no spell. And like Giles is, maybe i mean duh he's like the father figure but he's like emotionally mature enough to know that buffy isn't gonna talk about it right like that's Mm -hmm. her personality is she doesn't talk about it so he makes up a way so that she can feel a little better talking to someone about it 
And that like proves all of your points that like, yeah, that's why she right. fucking got out of there because no one else was going to know how to navigate what she was feeling. Um, right. And like, I do, you're right, Adam, like maybe Willow, Willow would have tried to, Xander would have failed. Cordelia wouldn't have been good at it. You know, like it, right. her mom was being an asshole. Like there, she had no one to like lean on. So she fucking left. The only person who would truly understand what Buffy's going through right now is Sarah McLaughlin. And I was that just, is I, uh, full of grace. She's saying it just for just for Buffy. Just for Buffy. A death grip on my soul in the 90s. I think I wept to every breakup from like 96 or 97 to like 2002 to that song. I like I, I will listen to that song and just like that's my like Elaine Seinfeld like Desperado like I just go to different place <laughs> like I put that on and I like teleport somewhere else I'm mentally gone no one in my life understands I just I put it on well like my husband understands because he's a huge Buffy fan so like if that was playing he'd be like he would know not to say anything um, but like I like I would just literally like just I don't care what age I am I'm just gonna be like sitting down and I'll just like just for a splash of rye and just <laughs> fucking sit there and just think about think about how much time has passed since this episode was aired. You're like, God, I hated when I had to kill my vampire ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I went to school that day. Again, like this this aired, this was like I was maybe like a sophomore, I think, in, in high school. And I I was their age. Um I it just I, I I got a lot of friends junior senior year but like this i like fully in the no friend land then but um i was like so depressed after that episode um <laughs> i just would like show up to school like if and if anyone had asked what was my problem like what if i was okay um and no one did which is why i felt like getting out of town on a bus i i would have like i felt like i had to kill my own vampire boyfriend because i loved him so much <laughs> and um and that's that show's power like it really just i like I, I really hope there's a show out there right now doing this for kids whatever it is i don't know what yeah. it is, but like i really hope there is because like this show like mother isn't strong enough of we've overused it but like it's just <laughs> <Yes>. too powerful <laughs> it's just too every it's like it fulfills more roles than just mother like it's every yes. role in my life was fulfilled by this i mean I, I definitely think not that I know I'm in a, a room with very well published authors, but like, that's the reason I wanted to write. Like, I absolutely credit Buffy as like the mm -hmm. reason Buffy and X-Men were the reason I want to write because like uh, Buffy was the first time I saw X-Men. X-Men animated series was the first time I felt a cartoon was like letting me be smart and mm -hmm. like not just dumbing it down. Like, oh, a story about these people who are outcasts and like the the humans are the villains and they're really awful to them. Like that was like so cool and adult to like eight year old me, like it imprinted on my brain. And then Buffy was the first like serialized storytelling that like, I don't know, made me see like, you know, I remember being like, Oh cool. They're bringing harmony back. Oh, that's the gay guy. That was like the bully. Like I love that we had these characters that could breeze in and out. And mm -hmm. like the continuity was there. And like you said, Adam, it was, a quote-unquote teen show like that's what it was marketed as but it like didn't dumb it down for anyone right mm -hmm. and like that's that's what you guys do with ya yeah i mean it's like it's very baby's first parasocial relationship and i think a lot of ya's um readers i mean i mean if kirsten you know like and and and, and Tina, like it's it's the readers respond to stuff like i mean like it's it, these, mm -hmm. these i take it very seriously and that is sort of you know regardless of however many one to however many number of readers find these books eventually 
I know that like, I understand how important it is to have to sort of, you create this little dream world and someone can enter there and these people can be your friends for however long you need them to be. And I understand that. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people who don't really get it will make fun of that. But like, I, uh, I think Buffy is the reason why I would never in a million years play around with that um, power. Yeah, I, I just, ugh. Ugh. So we, yeah, like Dana mentioned, the, the Sarah McLachlan is the only one that understands her. I don't even like listening to that song because it makes me sad. Like, I just <laughs> think of this and I'm like, ugh. Um, it's like, it's like the, the precursor to goodbye to you, mm-hmm. Michelle. Yes. Brad. It really uh. is. It's just the other one that just stabs me in the throat every time. Dana, same thing with that song. Like, I don't like it, not because I think it's bad, but because I'm just like, oh, Willow and Tara broke up, fuck. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we Buffy goes to get her stuff. And then I like the cute little, like the Scoobies and Willow trying so hard to be positive when she's like, maybe it worked and her and Angel are alone together. Like, yeah. mm, uh. um, all right, well, we are at the end here. Uh, First up, we have the question that I think I forgot to tell Dana and Kirsten. What would Dawn be doing in this episode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it depends on what Dawn, uh, wh- wh- like which Dawn we know. Is it like beginning Dawn or is this end Dawn? It's like, that's the, that's that's my question. Uh, it's with the Dawn that would be that the age she would have been in Buffy's memory. Like Buffy would. Yeah. You know, whatever, like what? So that she would be like thirteen. So oh, yeah. she, but well, she had a total pill. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, how old was she in? Um, You're the right. Real me. Like, so she would have been like ten, right? Yeah, she would have been a no. She would have been a child. Yeah. So yeah. this would have been. Yeah, I mean, I maintain that. Um, I think Dawn would not have. Again, a, a few years older, Dawn would have interjected into some of the different dramas. But I feel like she would have been present, obviously, for the fight. I think she probably would have. I think. I think a younger Dawn would have been, f- like, ha- would have like kind of run out of the room or like receded yeah, like from the room when they were fight. Because like that's a that was a serious fight. That wasn't like mom kind of bickering. Like that was a very well, serious just a couple fight. years before, right? That she came from her parents fighting. So yeah. That's so true. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I that. think. I, again, I think she would have probably retreated to a safe place where she could overhear something. Yes. Yes, that's true. So, Zach, what do you think? She's at Janice's house. That's always my answer, and that's <laughs> going to remain my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dana. Okay. Based on her being Ted, this is my thought. Okay. Dawn looked up to and was obsessed with her older sister. Until probably she hit puberty. Puberty. So at ten, she probably would have been devastated by this whole situation and probably taken her sister's side. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, Kirsten. So I think that Dom was at her friend's house. Her friend had a Furby, and Dawn didn't want to admit it, but she really wanted to yes. play with the Furby. <laughs> she did not get her one, and so while Buffy's world was falling apart. Dawn was just trying to get as much Furby time with her friend's Furby as she possibly could. I love it. Love <laughs> wow. it. Wow. That's, it. that's, that's actually amazing. correct. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, they don't sell Furbies yeah. at the gallery. <laughs> no, I would do. love to add an addendum to that where she was at her house. She was at her house. There was a curfew. She comes back post fight after Buffy's <laughs> left 
finds Joyce beside herself. <laughs> and then she and she pieces things together from there. And I think Joyce continues to, to weed the lie. I God, now I'm like, I don't know what you it's guys said. It's depressing at the end of it, however it goes, Ian. It's going to be sad. I feel <laughs> soulless right now after this episode. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm bummed. Don, Don absolutely at least would have been in that doorway while Joyce is reading the letter, like clinging to the side of the doorway, like watching her mom get yes. upset. She would have, Don would have come home from the Furby situation um, <laughs> and uh, been lied to. Mm. But then like the next morning, Joyce just couldn't keep it together anymore. And that's how she finds out about the Slayer and everything. I look at this nice writing workshop we all just did. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite scene. Adam, I mean the like the Tennessee Williams play between yes. Joyce and Buffy, like the whole three act play. Like I would put that on stage. Like I'm amazed me in 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 um in in theater school and college did not do this as like a brown bag play. Like I'm like I did stuff like that where I was like, oh, I'll take the scene from a movie, etc. Um, I can't believe I didn't do that part. That that's a huge missed opportunity on my part. Yes, that's I it. wish you had. Uh, Dana? I'm going to say the come to Jesus moment between Spike and Buffy when they decide to uh, team up to stop the end of the world, etc., etc. Zach? Um, Buffy and Angel's fight through her saving the world. Kirsten? I mean, all three of those are in my top three Buffy scenes of all time. So I I got nothing else to add. Like, those are... Those are peak. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for me, yeah, I, I guess I, I would, I would say, but like her catching the sword is such a fucking moment for me. Yeah, but like that whole mm. thing is good. But then everything everyone else said is also fucking fantastic. It's uh-huh. a no skips episodes. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. it's just really. Yeah. Mm. That's really true, Adam. It's like there isn't like a bad scene. It's a full movie. It would have been the best movie like of. 1998. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to whoever else came out during that summer. Like I Ever, now that you keep bringing that up, I want that so badly, Adam. <laughs> right. There's a yeah. There's an alternative. There's a multiverse for that. Because I remember being so excited when X Files got like a movie between seasons. Like that was the coolest shit to me. <laughs> I was so into that damn yes. movie. Like this would have been and again, and again, same summer, same set, yeah. 98 summer. That would have been, again. That would have been too much for. I would have just. I would have withdrawn from school i would have just been like i don't what do i need to go back to the school for i am receiving every learned everything i need to know from x-files and buffy i'm true i've already received every information <laughs> um favorite outfit kirsten i mean she's still wearing the coat in this episode the teal coat that's so good but i can't true. get over how delighted i am by both her don't notice me in the hospital outfit um and then her <laughs> Sadness, oversized jeans at the end. She's walking away. She's got baggy oh, no. on. ripped at the bottom because we used to do that as short girls. We would just cut the hems off. And um, <laughs> the sadness jeans, though, they, they get me. It might have to be the sadness jeans. All right. Fair. <laughs> uh, Dana? I, I, I got to go with that coat, man. It's just, oh, it's one of the best outfits, best, best coats on Buffy. Um, that and Whistler's... Um, Whistler's fedora. <laughs> <Poor> dog. <laughs> uh, Adam? Uh, I mean, are we are we combining part one and two, or is this the part two? This is for part uh, two. This, this part two. Okay. Well, listen, I I, I think just I because like there's the coat. I mean, I just I think it's just it's the coat again. Like it's because again, she keeps rocking. It. It's not just the the mm-hmm. slow mo 
in the, at the end of part one is it helps, but the power of the coat is it still persists into, into part two. So I think, um, I just have to go with that because there's just no other. Nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> Nevertheless, the coat persisted. Yeah. Um, and I swear to God, I'm like, you, you, we better, like, I, I just, I want to know where the coat is. I don't, yeah, I, I don't need it, but like, I just want to make sure that it's in a secure location and wasn't just <laughs> left in a bin somewhere. Like, I'm very worried about that. Well, that's the season seven costume designer did tell me he has like two of Spike's jackets just like in a box. <laughs> that's, so it could, uh, it could uh, be in just it. a bin somewhere. <laughs> this is just, I'm like full Indiana Jones. This belongs in a museum. Just shouting. <laughs> uh, Zach? Uh, her final battle outfit. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I was going to say the same thing. I'm, I'm not saying the coat only because I said it for the last episode because, of course, I love the coat. But yeah, I. It's Zach and I talk a lot on my bloody Judy about a final girl outfit and it's a very good final girl outfit. It is. It is. I'm, I'm like, um, disappointed that you two are such fake fans that you could not double like the coat. <laughs> I think the coat is worth two episodes worth of am, favorite I, outfit. All right. Well, so the coat would be number one. That would be number two. Yeah. <laughs> she has the pants on under the coat. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we know who the coat's rightful owner is. Uh, Ian and I. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and so I got to, I got to bring this up because I'm that crazy. Uh, I Someone tweeted this at me to be like, oh, did you notice? And I was like, I sure did. And I asked Cynthia Bergstrom because Sarah Michelle Gellar wears almost the exact same. She wears what looks like the exact same pants and boots, boot heel. In I, don't, I still don't believe it. I still don't believe it. It's it's the same pants. It is the same it pants. It is, right? It has to be. <laughs> but I asked Cynthia and she said no. I, I she was like, no. That- don't believe you, Cynthia. It's been a long time. <laughs> I know you forget. Forgetful. <laughs> You're mistaken. <laughs> you're mistaken. You, costume designer, you're mistaken. <laughs> I told that piece of trivia to everybody on the playground. It has to be true, okay? It would, and listen, I, I, this is, I think this is the conversation that got your parents going, I, listen, I think Zach's Probably. Someday. That might have <laughs> been. Be it might, it would have been, it would have been the, uh, the chosen finale outfit, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I guess we're all going to agree uh, A+. Plus A+. Plus. For Greg. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With sure. a couple yeah. tiny points, Doctor, because somebody should have been waiting with the getaway car after she got done stabbing Angel. She shouldn't have had to walk from the mansion to her house. Just food True. for thought there. Whistler. Whistler could have been waiting. Where's <laughs> Whistler would have earned himself some fan favorite points if he'd have just been waiting with a car ride or Cordelia's car. Cordelia has a car too. Oh yeah, she does. Here's here's myself. She's she's walking home. She she dejected. Whistler is there. We're in a we're in a big wide shot because we're gonna do something comedic. We're in a big wide shot. She sees and Whistler's like doing his. you, You hear Whistler's narration first. The voiceover comes in and then we cut to and then you see him and he's doing the voiceover he's like kind of talking in real life she walks past him he's thinking he's gonna like talk to her or whatever like that and she just shoves him in a bush yes. he keeps walking and he dies <laughs> <laughs> never to be seen and his body's again. been there ever since like it went down with some <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah um well, thank you for joining me for this. Um, I couldn't have assembled a better team for such a fucking great finale of Buffy. I really was like, oh, cool. I want the same people that were on for Chosen because I feel like this 
like people can rag on season seven, but the finale is very good. And then like, but this is like, I don't know. And I love graduation day too. Like I, I love the gift, yeah. but this feels like. This yeah. has everything. Chosen it is still my favorite. I can't, I can't get best chosen. <laughs> um, but so if you liked Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon, which uh, I'm going to be revamping next month, but you can get access to a bunch of bonus content over there. Any and all support is much appreciated. You can follow us on all social media platforms at SlayerFestX98. You can follow me at ENXCarlos. Adam, where can everyone find you and buy your books? You can find me on all socials at the Adam Sass. You can buy uh, my first two books, uh, Surrender Your Sons, which is a YA thriller, and The 99 Boyfriends of Micah Summers, which is a YA rom-com, wherever you buy your books. And you can pre-order right now uh, my third upcoming horror slasher. For any fans of Buffy, this is a book for you. Your Lonely Nights Are Over. It comes out in September. You can pre-order it now anywhere you buy your books. And Kirsten, where can everyone find you and get your books? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KirstenWhite.com. No, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, sure. Whatever. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kirsten White, on Instagram at author Kirsten White. You can find me on the shelves of your local bookstore. Uh, I have a new book coming out in August called Mr. Magic. It is a supernatural thriller, horror about um, how much TV messed us up as children of the 80s and 90s. So, you know, right along with this. And uh, yeah, that's 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 good enough. That's You can find me those places. Please don't find me other places. And Dana, I forgot to congratulate you on your Curve Award for Excellence in Lesbian Coverage. Ooh. So I got to do that now. Yeah. Um, I, Dana had told me, but you had told me like it wasn't public yet. So I was like, oh shit, I can't post about it. And then I fucking forgot to post about it. But I want to congratulate <laughs> you. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, I won the inaugural Curve uh, and NLGJA, which is the National Gay and Lesbian Journalists Association. Uh, award for excellence in lesbian coverage so uh, it's really validating and amazing and they are going to be hosting an archive of my work from the last decade plus for uh, i think about a year or so so i think in october it's going to go up and then it'll be hosted so it's uh it's nice and if you're an internet writer you know what it's like to have a lot of your your work disappear uh, when a site goes down or something sure takes do. over. So um, so that was a really cool thing and I I'm, I'm now I can say I'm an award winning journalist. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I, and Dana, if there's anyone who deserves an excellence in anything gay, it is you. <laughs> very much yeah. deserved. Thank you but so also much. Tell everyone where they can find you in your writing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me uh, pretty much anywhere at Dana Pickley. And if you're interested in reading a lesbian romance that's kind of like light and fluffy and fun, uh, I wrote a book in 2019 called Save for the Moment. You can buy it pretty much wherever you order your books. And Zachary, where can everyone find you? <laughs> well, I also wrote a book called My Lonely Nights Are Over, and you it's coming out in August. <laughs> So you can find it on the internet. Um, if you search Zachary Garcia, if you see, if, if you search Zachary Garcia, you'll find me on the internet. You can uh, search my bloody Judy, and you can find the horror podcast I do with Ann Carlos Crawford here. And um, yeah, I guess Sarah McLaughlin play us out. <laughs> we, we don't have that kind of budget, Zach. Yeah, and you don't have that kind of budget on the slave pit, not yet. 
I think I think every listener to this show could immediately cue that up in their head. Oh as yeah, if they could hear it. Really. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I, I know they know the opening chords, the bars, that knows everything. I'm, I'm, I'm listening laughing. to it in my head right now. I'm laughing thinking of Ashley adding it in over us talking about how it's not oh, going to be added in. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> happy 25th anniversary be coming, and uh, thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.